You're listening to the Pull Us Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mirai, a bi-weekly show about how comics, pop culture, and faith affect culture at large. This is part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. comic book nerds welcome back to yet another episode of the pull list podcast my name is chris poirier yeah we got theme music and everything and i'm joined by my amazing co-host hector hector how you doing are you ready for new year's i am ready for all of the sequential holidays in the 2018 2019 we are completely ready and we totally know what day it is kind of sort of don't forget the arbor day question oh of course i'm ready for that too totally ready um no i'm 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 good i'm that's awesome but we're also not alone in this podcasting adventure here. Um, we are part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network, along with two other amazing shows of nerddom. First, we have Humans of Gaming that covers just about everything gaming and has a ton of awesome interviews with game developers and creators. So if you're into video games, tabletop games, and just about everything and anything that can fit in that category, you should definitely check out what Drew and Chris are doing over there. Then, of course, there's the Free Play Podcast, who you hear us kind of mention a lot because we keep talking about Red Dead Redemption and Bubba gets really angry with us, but it's totally okay because we're not going to do it this episode. Maybe, but Um. um, we'll we'll see. (laughs) Um, Tahiti, um, which is just a great podcast. You should check out Bubba, Matt, and Kate over there at Free Play. It's funny. It's a great discussion. Tons of jocularity. Look that one up. On all the important topics that are gaming and just kind of what's going on in nerddom in general. So all of them together, it's awesome. We are the Love Thy Nerd Podcasting Network, and you can find all of us at lovethynerd.com and just about any place that podcasts can be found. But here on the pull list, what do we talk about? We talk about the comics. So let's get into things for this episode, episode six. Hector, what are you excited about from these past two weeks? What'd you pull? Oh, oh man. Okay. Besides so all the Batman. Last week was all the Batman. You know, I, okay, for the record, um, I think this is noteworthy. This is podcast material right here. I did not buy a Batman comic last what? week. Um, not not that I didn't buy any Batman comics. I didn't buy a. I didn't buy one. <laughs> that's that's still a big step. Um, that's still a big step. Uh, because uh, there was a issue of the Batman Annual number three for mm-hmm. Rebirth, and uh, it was what was it? It was it. I just reading the, you know, the solicit for it and that it was an, a, an Alfred issue. And I'm just like, no, I'm good. Like, I think last week I ended up buying like five uh, Batman books. And then I saw that there was an Alfred book and I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't need you. Um, well, so that's uh, Diamond managed not to ship a single copy to my shop. So I didn't get mine until yesterday. So I'm not going to get to it for what? an entirely different reason. But that's the joy of comics. And any of you that have had the enjoyment of visiting a local comic shop, you've probably heard the excuse once or twice. Uh, Diamond didn't get it or it was really damaged. And it's just kind of a downer, but it's also just kind of part of business. And maybe at some point for those of you that are just jumping in the comics, Hector and I need to have a discussion on uh, Diamond Comics distribution and what distribution of comics actually looks like because um, there's only one company that does it. And there's lots of good things and lots of bad things that come out of that relationship. We covered this on a Faith and Fandom podcast like a while ago. But yeah, that we need to we need to bring. This yeah, because uh, if, if you don't know, uh, I can I can share some of my uh experiences <laughs> some of my emotional scars um and just uh let you know why some comic shops when they say we don't got it it's not entirely their fault so that that's a thing but okay it's an alfred issue noted okay. so I, I skipped an alfred issue and i honestly felt dirty um <laughs> i felt super dirty uh not picking up an alfred issue um but uh, I'll say the big thing, and I'm pretty sure we'll talk about this a little bit, was Batman Damn mm-hmm. number two. Yep. Um, I was iffy on Batman Damned number one, and I'm going to see how many times I can say damned on the Love Life <laughs> podcast. Um, it's a title, but uh, let's not push it. But yeah, let's not push it. Uh, <laughs> it's it, But here's the thing. Based on recent controversy, I can't call it Batman D and it be any less. That awkward. doesn't. Oh. <laughs> you either got that joke or you didn't, but you can. Pick up copies of Damn 2 now, because number one, good luck finding that. And if you don't know why, you can Google it. Um, which, by the way, they retrofitted the digital. Yeah, they said they were going to. Um, 
Okay, so short version of this was there was some explicit nudity in the uh, first one of uh, Mr. Bruce Wayne, uh, Batman, and that kind of caused a bit of a controversy. And the result of that was that they weren't going to do second prints or actually even print more of issue one for that reason. There was a lot of back and forth. It delayed number two all the way until just recently because there were a, there was a fair amount of time between one and two as a result. Yeah, and two months Batman so, yeah. Damn 2 ended up not being quite as crazy as a result. There's a few pages that it has been implied um, by some in the know that were altered as a result of um, the controversy on the first one. And okay, I, I yep, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a Harley page no. that, um, I'm like when I saw the structure and it, uh, if you've seen the animated film of uh, Batman okay. the Killing Joke, um, there's that scene with Barbara Gordon and Batman that had everyone vomit in their mouth. Yep, um, it was, it looked like the same. Oh, it, I feel like it looked like the same scene, like almost that Azarello was. Like, hey, let's throw this out there. Um, but with Harley, and I it personally, my first thought when I saw this was like, they changed yep. this for because of the controversy. That is, that um, is the rumor. Uh, which I almost felt what they put in there was more disturbing than it would be. It's have been. pretty disturbing, um, to say the least. Um, yeah, but either way, uh, Batman Damn number two was pretty much an impressive read, and I'll say the main reason it got me, uh, was Etrigan, like Jason Blood, Etrigan. Um, they had Batman into a club searching out this supernatural mystery that involved Constantine and uh, Boston Brand, Dead Man, and all these things. But he walks into a club seeking out answers, and there is a, a version of the demon Etrigan on stage in an underground club. Now, let me ask you this, Chris. <laughs> that was very diplomatic, but you okay. go on. Oh, Crispy, please <laughs> define me with your knowledge. Um, <laughs> What style of music do you think Etrigan was putting out there? Was that screamo? Was that hip hop? What 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 was it? Because like I can tell, there's a rhythm to it. Um, right. So part I of can... part of the important background is that Etrigan, when he is happy, and by happy in the sense of the demon, means that he he's ready to roll. He's getting ready to rage, um, and so he rhymes and. They've played on and off over the years with Etrigan going in and out of rhyming and that meaning something. And that's kind of where they've ended up in the most recent. Iteration. I've, I've never seen an Etrigan book where right. he didn't. Well, they made fun of it in the last run, um, which was, what was it? Demon Hell on Earth, uh, the mini they just did that for the beginning part of that, he stopped. And all of them were like, uh, what, what happens when he stops? <laughs> um so mm, that's, that's okay i didn't read yeah, that. that's kind of part of the joke there which is kind of funny um and then when it returns you know he just wrecks house because that's what he does so when when the demon is is rhyming and i think it it gave me the vibe of hip-hop when i saw it in the beginning and then when he was technically talking to batman it had like this quasi battle rap feel and maybe i was reading too much into it but he was literally like dissing him and stuff so it, it's an interesting take on Etrigan, to say the least. Yeah, and I think that's what I, well, my favorite part was. It was an itch, interesting take on Etrigan, and but I I got from the the mannerisms of the art and like the finger points and everything else that he was like battle right. rapping. Mm -hmm. Um, but the the vibe and the visual of himself in the atmosphere looks a lot more like screamo. yeah. The, I um, I think well, it's a very curious question. So. Here is um, the pull list podcast <laughs> challenge for the week. Uh, if you want to pick that up and read it, uh, hit us up on the book of faces and tell us what you think was going on. Or if you're super talented, uh, go ahead and put it to music and I love oh, you. Um, we we, we so, may um, even play part of that if we can, because, oh, we, oh. we'll play all that. We'll play all of those things, um, which is my, one of my favorite interactions from the week. Um, I'm, I'm not big on annoying comic book people like in their real world life just because you know they've got life um but i was so impressed with this part of the issue that i tweeted which is a rare thing um i tweeted to brian azarello um and said can we please 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 get this etrigan song put to music and um i said i'll listen to it all the time and he liked it like so the, the guy who wrote the book liked my comment so there's that um 
but I, apparently, you know, if if this does come out and we get like a, a single of like some rapper you've never heard of doing Etrigan's rap, I got credit. It's mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> claimed that. Um, but no, Batman Damn number two was really impressive. Um, the whole thing with the Joker and Harley and everything with that, just to keep it vague, was it was good. Um, I don't know. I don't know that, you know, if they had made the book more R to NC-17 to explicit to whatever the ratings are that, you know, don't exist anymore. Um, it, I don't know if they would. it would have been a better story had it been more explicit. Um, but yeah, there's that thought. Um, also picked up Detective, the, the new Detective arc. Um, I, I feel like, man... Detective, I feel, has done more good lately than bad, but I'm still not crazy impressed with a lot of what about half of what Detective has done lately. But they just started a new arc where uh, Bruce's or someone is staging crime scenes to look like the murder of Bruce Wayne's parents. So that was that was pretty interesting. Um, and you know, it was one of those things of like, I don't want to read this. And and here's another thing, uh, Tomasi is that is how you yeah, pronounce it? So. Peter mm-hmm. J. He has lost me time and time again. Like every time I trust him enough to pay for a book, um, like even if he starts out well, like I feel like I'm getting robbed by the end of it. And, uh, you know, that's it's in some uh, that might be editorial. Some of that might be just the stories they give him. But it, it's one of those things like I, I usually I can say I enjoy like the majority of the story he tells. But somewhere down the road, I lose. Um, so when I saw his name attached to it, I was like, mm. Do I really want to try this? But I, I got to say it was pretty. It was pretty solid. And it, it had some of the best Batman and Gordon interactions going on, which is really weird because on the flip side in the actual Bat book and Batman, like Gordon is fed up and ready to kill Batman. And so in this one, you've got them being best friends. And in the actual Bat title, they're... It can be a little jarring. Some people automatically assume that Batman and Detective are related. And in many ways, they are. Um, They are part of the same universe. Um, But timelines, I think, are also part of the thing that come in and is part of what they're playing with. Because Superman and action kind of do the same thing. That a lot of people, if you're just to see it on the shelf, you're like, oh, they're both Superman books or they're both Batman books. Um, But it's not that straightforward. They don't always fall into continuity in a straight line. They're always usually part of the same universe, but sometimes they are offset by time, which can be jarring. And well, welcome to comics. Yeah, I mean, it's like, well, they reference um, uh, Batwoman killing Clayface and Red Hood and right. Outlaws. Um, so that means Detective is mainstream con- timeline, but it just flows real weird. So I don't know when exactly what's happening in Detective is happening because it's not happening in the middle of Tom King's arc. So whatever. Um, I also picked up the Raphael macro series, um, mainly because of your recommendation. Um, yeah, it's, def- it's, your de- it's definitely on my list. And yeah, Ben Bishop uh, did the, the red cover, which was the B cover uh, for this particular series. And Ben's a pretty neat up and comer. Um, been doing some work was he's he was always been a Turtles fan, still is a Turtles fan. And he just landed at Kevin Eastman's feet. And Kevin said, I, I want to do a thing with you, dude. And they did a thing. Um Drawing Blood actually just came out and it will be available through regular, it kickstarted, um, but it's going to be available through comic book stores soon through regular previews and everything. But uh, Drawing Blood, um, it's a neat uh, graphic um, OGN, original graphic novel type thing that they pulled together, which is entertaining, non-Turtle related, but kind of. But as a result of that, uh, Ben's been getting lots of either cover work or story work with Kevin at IDW on mainline turtle type stuff. And so this was this was a big deal. So I wanted to support him. And that's why I'm giving him the shouts. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I'm going to let you now tell us why it's cool. But I just wanted to tell the people, it, you know, keep an eye out for Ben Bishop. I think he's doing good things. I can honestly say it's the first actual turtle book I picked up in my gosh, a long, uh-huh. long time. The only other turtle books I've picked up in a while were like the Batman and Turtles, and I was buying that for my kids. Um, so it's the first time I've actually picked up a Ninja Turtle story. And what's really great to me, though, um, is that you pick this up and it feels like you're reading the Eastman books from like the 80s and 90s. Well, part, um, part of that is like, because Kevin is doing a lot of the work um, again. Uh, so that's a big part of it. But also Tom Waltz, the other guy that's uh, listed there, really gets Kevin's world. 
And like that's that's the Mac Daddy TMNT team, far as I'm concerned, right there. Yeah. And that makes a big deal because like, I think that's one of the reasons why it was such a struggle to keep a Ninja Turtle fandom going for me is that it all felt wonky every time it got moved around or shifted. Um, and, but I really, I, I actually really enjoyed that book almost. I, I only bought the Raphael macro and now I'm kind of looking at going back to the others. Um, but they're also expensive. So man. yeah, the, the thing, <laughs> you got any- the thing with macros, uh, as one shots means, uh, more comic, but also usually a little more expensive. Usually the seven ninety nine price point. Yeah, have you read the uh, other? Three? They're on my pile because actually I'm so far behind. I'm just gonna stack them together and read them. But I did get through Ben's because he asked me what I thought, and I, I wanted to honor that. But yeah, I have them in a pile so I can <laughs> crush straight through them. Okay. Um. So there was that. Read that. Uh. You you picked up yes, Batman? Right? No. Um. The the regular one. Um. Because. We can yeah. we can talk about the other bat here in a minute. Uh, Batman bat? Who Laughs was also last week. Shut up. Yeah, was it? <laughs> like we were joking before oh, we started yeah. recording. Literally every bat book possible came out in the last two weeks. It feels like you're right. We do need to talk about Bat Who Laughs. Um, I just I was looking through my my comic notes and I didn't make any just because I didn't know what to say about that. <laughs> um, but no. Uh, let, let's go ahead and Batman sixty one real quick. Um, I gotta say. Didn't see that coming, bringing that story back. Um, for those of you who aren't, uh, well, I don't, I don't, how do you, yeah, talk about so <laughs> as we've kind of alluded to, as we've alluded to in other episodes, um, there's a lot of different villains. Some are new that Tom have introduced, and some are ones that we've seen that are all kind of in league with Bane. And we're sorry, not sorry for spoilers, because yeah, we're 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 here now. So if you want to get into this, yeah. you should pause and, and revisit us later. But um the details in terms of what's going on here is it's one of Tom's newer characters. And we get introduced to this boy very early in the run, from what I remember. 38 yeah i believe and yeah it was 38 that so the editorial half of half editorial um note was in there and it's a kid that keeps claiming he's bruce wayne um literally as the child that was standing in crime alley um and what tom gave us this time around is his backstory that led us kind of to where he ends up in the story today which means when you started reading this it looked like a bruce wayne story and then you it was so confusing. Right, because you're like, well, what's going on? And of course, we alluded to in the last episode that there was kind of a major re-reveal at the end of 60, which then Tom pulled to Tom King and didn't reference at all in this week's. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of where we're at on that one. But so, yeah, we literally get a little boy who uh, thinks he's Bruce Wayne, except he's murdering criminals uh as and this is still a kid he's not a grown-up this is a kid who's murdering criminals because they killed thomas and martha and he's becoming a sociopathical killer if that's the right context of the term um to do it that he's even post maloning himself that to the point that he's like like carved the words thomas and martha onto his face martha sorry what sorry why would you say that (laughs) um so Batman 61 was a trip. Um, that was fun. I And here's the thing that caught me off guard. Uh, Batman King of Fear, which by all logical reasons, I should have stopped reading <laughs> because it's not been To be great. honest, I did. Um, go on, convince me. Um, Bat- I, I'll say this. Batman King of Fear number five. If, if you don't, if you, you don't even really have to have read any of the rest of the story. Serious, serious talk. You aren't going to miss anything. Pick up Batman King of Fear number five. Because here's what happens. Scarecrow has been uh, has brought Batman out of Arkham. He's taken him around town. He's been studying him. And this is the part where he's breaking him down. Um, you know that part in Dark Knight uh, Returns where he talks about having the mutant leader in the mud. And he's like, this is my operating table. And he's like breaking him down surgically. It's that. But the Scarecrow is breaking down Batman to the point where he's causing him to face the fears and things that he realizes that you know a lot of other comic book writers have come to the point where they said uh, you know he batman is responsible for these villains and stuff like that this guy makes you believe it um i'll say this like after reading it um batman comes to the conclusion he's like yeah you're right um but he gives us an alternate timeline not like a elseworlds thing but just like 
Christmas Carol-ish type situation um, where he shows them that every one of the rogues gallery would have eventually gone straight and been a positive influence into society. And then he shows Bruce what Gotham would have looked like if Bruce Wayne would have funneled all of the Batman money into actual public revitalization, into building schools, into scholarships, into homelessness funds, into single mother programs, into, you know, community colleges and stuff like that. Um, And he breaks down just with the, if, if you look at, especially with things like Batman white Knight and all the damage that Batman causes and all the money that's put into it, Bruce Wayne could have easily turned Gotham into a shining metropolis, no pun intended, just in it two years alone. Um, but you see that. And I got to say for what it was worth, um, that was probably one of the most interesting Batman reads I've read in a while. And that's, which is really weird coming out of a book that I feel angry that I'd spent money on for four issues up until uh, the joy um, of comics. Right. Um, I'm also enjoying Nightwing. Um, this whole arc of uh, Dick Grayson doesn't know who he is anymore. He's angry about the concept of uh, struggling that his insides still want to be Nightwing. And you've got four or five police officers that broke into Nightwing's hideout, stole his old costumes, and are running around the city as a Nightwing task force. Um, and I gotta say, I actually like it. Um it's a fun read. You've got cops and firefighters who are doing shifts like, all right, it's your night to be Nightwing. <laughs> it's your turn to get out there. It's like they're all sitting there having breakfast in the morning like, oh, man, I'm tired. Oh, you've got Nightwing tonight. Okay. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> what in the world is happening? Um, which it's funny because as weird as Scarecrow is being done uh, in King of Fear, obviously they're not totally connected. But uh, basically uh scarecrow knows that nightwing has gone missing and he is hunting him out he wants him to come back and it's this whole thing of like the just when i think i'm out they pull me back in it's that thing where dick grayson is doing his best not to give in to becoming dick grayson again and it's like the world's just not letting it happen um that was fun let's see what else uh captain america number six uh i, I know you've been reading some of the cap i just i <sighs> I don't care about the villain, um, like the arc with the the mystical stuff. I'm like, I, I enjoyed the stuff with the neo-Nazi stuff and him fighting that. Um, me, that phrase, I enjoyed the neo-Nazi stuff. Yeah. Please, context. I don't want to. I don't want to hear that as a quote or a sound clip anywhere. Um, <laughs> don't, don't 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 cut that and use it anywhere. Um, I see a jib jab video of me with that. Um, but no. Uh, the, I, I feel like the only thing that hasn't really clicked in this is uh, the villain aspect of it. And they try and connect that better. And they do they do the stereotypical thing in a Marvel book of we need you to care. So we're going to kill someone um, like, oh, it's on now. For now. I'm, I'm, yeah, for now. It's on for now. And I'm like, and, you know, it's they're setting up the concept. They can't kill Steve Rogers and it means anything. So they're going to start to disgrace Captain America. And I'm like, meh. Like, I feel like I'm starting to lose it with that. Um, Red Marvel Knights, number whatever, four, which was a all-Black Panther issue, which was pretty interesting. Um, I got to say, I miss seeing the rest of the team together, but it was still interesting. And Domino, uh, Domino is actually, I'm, I've I've not had a single issue of Domino in the nine issues that have been out that I didn't enjoy. So, you know. I feel like Domino's killing it. And then we got more Firefly, which uh, how did you feel about yeah, New Firefly? So um, I'm still enjoying the overall premise of what's going on. I still feel like now that we're two in and we're starting to see Greg Pak's kind of layout of things that um, I'm still comfortable with his dialogue and that it still very much feels like Firefly with a couple exceptions. And we kind of okay. Where doesn't it feel like Firefly? Well, I mean, it kind of does, but it doesn't. I'm I'm still doing battle with what we talked about before of with with Zoe and Mal being um, war criminals is now the the term of choice. And I see that we're playing out the story to find out what actually happened and what didn't. But the, the other book called them terrorists. I believe right? so. Um, so yeah. that and we talked about that last time as well. So 
now I'm still kind of battling, but I also see that that may be a plot point that's going to be resolved. So I'm trying not to get hung up on it, but um, definitely spoilers for um, Firefly 2, because um, I have to talk about this in context, is there was, they know that basically bounty hunters and the feds are coming, right? Because um, they know where they are, and they're on this particular mission trying to get some folks to their holy site. And so... Mal and Zoe, they're doing their thing. Um, and Wash and them are kind of chilling above the planet. And they keep telling them, you know, you, you guys stay put. And a firefight breaks out and Wash shows up, you know, typical Wash of, I'm here to save. Oh, God, what happened? Um, Which is right, totally good. I'm very good. <laughs> um, but then the entire thing of, oh, man, a guy got away. There's a witness. So we got to go take care of that. And he's like, no, no, you don't. And so he, she shoots him in the leg, shoots Wash, her husband. So I don't put that past Zoe. No, and the thing is, I got to the end of this interaction and went, no, that's cool. It was for for a brief moment. I was like, what? And then how that entire thing concludes is very much Whedon. And I just kind of went back and forth. And I will let you pick up the book because we just told you that Zoe shoots her husband Wash just so he'll stay put. Um. Because, because she loves, she loves him. him, and how that whole thing resolves is equally interesting. So, if that yes. doesn't convince you to pick up Firefly number two, you are not a brown coat. Fight me. Um, <laughs> I that I want that on a T-shirt. <laughs> you are not a brown coat. Fight me, Chris Poyer. <laughs> Please, can I get? I'm going on Redbubble now. I'm making a sticker. Yes. Um, but I, I gotta say though, um. That once Jane learned that Mal and Zoe were war criminals, he all of a sudden he respects them and he thinks they're like equal villains. Mm. Um, I thought, I thought, mm, way to go! I enjoyed that little character twist. Um, I am sad at the lack of book we got, like two lines, and like, and River is literally nothing but a background doodle. So yeah, I'm like, definitely hoping they start working with that because they kind of have her in that random statement phase from the show if you remember that it's where she's telling herself rhymes and it's usually bits and pieces of things that she's seen well this you got to remember this is po this is pre-serenity right. which makes sense she didn't get her she didn't get her crap together until miranda was right. resolved so but that's all you got yeah um, but also, yeah, I, I gotta say I was enjoying it. So what else are you reading? What else All right. are you enjoying? So you definitely covered like a bunch of the stuff, which is great. So I'll fill in some of the little independent gaps. Um, well, okay. First of all, I did read a Marvel book this week. Well, da, da, da. Um, sorry for that. Um, but Fantastic Four wedding special. I am keeping track of Fantastic Four and this wedding special was not terrible. Um, previous Wedding specials that have occurred across the brands um, in the last year have been so-so. This one was kind of entertaining. Um, it's very Fantastic Four, and I think that's the best part about it is the Fantastic Four tends to bring all the other heroes that are in New York in and out of their storyline um, a little better than some of the other stories. So you get to see She-Hulk. You get to see other folks that are actually in their day-to-day -day world with them. So it... it you know, it wasn't mind blowing for story twists or everything, but the point of the Fantastic Four is to be fun. And I think they nailed it. Um, so it's a good read. Now on to the things that are really kind of weird and different. Um, so, yeah, I was reading uh, the Hellboy Winter Special, um, which came out a week ago and was pretty neat. Um, I've enjoyed their specials because it's usually a two to three kind of isolated stories that happen in winter and have some cool lore type things that they tie back to. And this year did not disappoint. So if you're a fan of Hellboy or that universe in general, always pick up the winter special. I don't think I've been disappointed in the last few years that that's been coming out. Um, and then finally, who, who wrote oh, that? By man, the way, it's it, because they do the two to three stories. It was actually a few different folks this time okay. around and i'm blanking which makes me a terrible podcast host remember to like and subscribe um <laughs> oh that just made you a better podcast. i think host. it did um nailed it um like and subscribe follow comment oh so good. buzzwords so good so the last kind of cool <laughs> thing that i inserted in the end of my week was black hammer cthu louise which was a one shot and i've been a huge fan of what uh, Jeff Lemire is doing with Black Hammer over at Dark Horse, which is 
you know, a his superhero universe kind of thing. But Cthulhu Luis is the daughter of Cthulhu, who we got introduced to it during the regular Black Hammer line. So there's lots of weird cosmic. Is that how you say that? I'm properly? not 100% sure, but that's what I'm. That sounds better than it sounds better than I've ever tried to say. It, right. So. So, well, the point being her father is Cthulhu. Um, There's there's dashes, there's hyphens when I make that pause. Um, That Cthulhu is a plumber and he just kind of, he got, during a major cosmic event in Black Hammer, he got exposed to bad stuff and became, well, a Cthulhu-like creature. So his head and everything is, you picture Cthulhu, but on like a plumber's body. Um, Your stereotypical plumber. That wasn't very nice of me. Um, But... Like Mario? Um, sort of. <laughs> you know, he works third shift kind of thing and is always out. That's going to be a new Smash Brothers character. Right, smokes like four packs a day kind of thing. Um, but this this gotcha. is his daughter, which is the same thing as, well, she's got Cthulhu face. Um, so got the squid thing going on. And that's, It's a clinical it's, term. I think it's a clinical term, but it's important to this story because that's actually what the one shot's about. It's about bullying and um, being accepted, even though you're different. Um, so... In the last place you'd think you'd find this particular type of story, Jeff Lemire's like, here you go. Here's a feel-good little story about fitting in and um, not picking on people and just generally being nice to people. So it's it's a really cool-looking book. Uh, the art's really awesome. Uh, and it has a, has a really good ending to it, a really good story um, wrapped up into it. So um, I think we hit all the real high points. But you know what? I, I, I think we're going to try tried the new thing just looking at all the cool things we've talked about today and uh hector and i kind of want to try a few new things over the next couple episodes of what our format looks like and how comic book geeky we get we decided we we might try to get a little more geeky than usual um and so uh i think (laughs) we originally promised to talk about conventions and community and we really still should do that but just based on the awesome conversation we're having today, I think we should try our new thing, which is to really kind of deep dive a little on a book because it was the one book we alluded to earlier. And we're going to spend the rest of today's episode um, talking a little bit of depth on Batman Who Laughs number one. Um, So you guys can give this a listen and tell us later. And I'll remind you, you know, jump in the community and everything and tell us what you think. But we're thinking this might be kind of what we start doing because we've heard a lot of feedback so far and folks are like, we really like it when you guys really nerd out on comics and we just really nerded out on comics. So let, let's have that talk. Let, let's talk Batman Who Laughs number one. Okay. Go. okay. <laughs> <Hector's> <laughs> like, Do it. <laughs> Do the thing. All right. So, but in, in general, we, we pick up on what is official continuity. I'm assuming that yeah. we are coming out of Dark Knight's Metal. Or Batman Metal, and we have uh, we start off with like um, two Dark Batman, which there's a new Dark Batman which is introduced. Do you know uh, his name? I got to double check it because it it's the hyper violent one, right? Yeah, the hyper violent one. Um, there's one that looks like a Mark Miller Batman um, that uh, is just going through like the all of a sudden Arkham cops or Arkham guards see. Batman and Arkham and they get, you know, Oh, Hey Batman. Um, and all of a sudden he just starts slaughtering guards in Arkham and there's a term for him. I just, you know, didn't remember it. Uh, but he has a name and we're, I think we're about to get a back issue. Mm. On, um, right. So is the new, awesome. the new Batman is referred to as the grim Knight or the nightmare Batman. Yeah. I, I heard grim Knight was the one I'd heard more frequently. That's the official um, term because they all gave them X Knight type titles. Yeah. Gotcha. So the Grim Knight uh, is just walking through Arkham slaughtering guards, um, which I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah I see you. Go lots on. of fire, and then you know, lots. I mean, literally, he looks like uh, I'm trying to think of a he's computer. Punisher I mean, Batman. He, he, I, I just kept running through my head that I was like, this this feels kind of Punisher, but okay, go yeah, on. Yeah, he is very he is very pun. I feel like he's better equipped than Punisher though. Um, he was strapped. Maybe? That that's no doubt. He he definitely brought a small armory with him. It was kind of crazy. So, uh, and they're going to into Arkham to kill the Joker, um, which, you know, yeah, they go into the whole situation of Joker is already prepared and he has a stunt double <laughs> in his room. But uh, it's just, it was kind of brutal to sit there and watch, to me, Batman slaughtering guards in Arkham. 
and I, I get it's not Bruce or it is Bruce. I don't know, but whatever. Um, you know, just to watch Batman be that violent, uh, there's something in my there's something in my mind that when I see Batman doing too far stuff, it clicks really wrong mm. in my head. Like, um, like even all the way back to Battle for the Cow when Jason Todd put on a Batman costume for five minutes and was killing people. I'm like, I don't like it. Like I, I have that thing in the, you know, in me, I I'm still a firm believer that Batman doesn't kill. So even when you go to like the Batman 1989 movie, he had like a body count of 264 people <laughs> in the Batman 1989 movie. So like, and then you go into like a Batman versus Superman. I want to say that he killed 11 people in Batman versus Superman. Um, like it's just this thing of like, I don't, I don't necessarily love the idea of an ultraviolet Batman. So like, this just makes me kind of cringe watching it or reading it, but, uh, go on. No, I I think that's exactly it. And to be honest, I think that is the response that was being elicited from us because the setup for the grim Knight is in a world where Joe chill still shoots his parents in crime alley. After doing so, he drops his weapon and Bruce picks it up and kills him like on the spot. So immediate retribution. So in this new world of Batman's existence, it's not that he is seeking vengeance for the thing. It's he he got immediate gratification out of killing the person that killed his parents and for some reason took that as his crime fighting persona going forward, which is why he's like going to kill all the bad people. Um, So it it's really jarring to literally 80 years worth of Batman that we've all been used to of Batman doesn't kill people. He doesn't use guns. The Grim Knight even stabs a dude in his dome in the middle of this book after shooting. Yeah, a bunch I was of people like, oh, my gosh, Snyder and and Jock and all the guys involved here, they they did not pull any punches in introducing this new Batman, this new dark Knight to us in the middle of this story. And okay, here's, I know you said Punisher, but you know who he really reminds me of big daddy from the movie version. Okay. That's a good, that's a, that's a good one. All right, go on. So yeah, no, it, and I think that was all we were supposed to get from this issue that and back to the Joker thing for a millisecond. I know you and I have talked offline about it, but we should bring it here for the good, the good yeah, yeah. folks to discuss it is, you know, did Arkham know that was happening and they threw a fake Joker in? Cause that's happened in continuity before they've done things like that. Um, I don't know that Arkham does it. I think that right. The Joker. Does um, there's, there's lots of different ways of, you know, it was that really him, but we also know that, you know, jumping out of fiction for a moment, if you will, um, that, Snyder is still bringing us a three jokers story where they said as part of this whole rebirth and part of metal that the existence of different universes jokers is a thing. We still don't know what that looks like yet. And so that's where I I'm given pause of is he either correcting the multiverse joker problem um, with having a very murdery Batman just kind of work things out. Or is he setting up the three Joker story because we're going to see multiple Jokers here and go, what, what's going on? Well, I mean, if it, just in the context, he said that uh, they give you that this identity was one of his uh, stunt doubles. Like in the breakdown of the book, they talk about that, um, yep. that he had an accurate, that like he had a backstory name. But I know we're going to get there. That's because when is that three Joker story? That solicitation, dropping? I feel like, keeps moving. Um, so I think the most diplomatic answer is soon. Um, ah. Especially with Batman Who Laughs now getting us the the multi-part. I think I saw this is going to be a six-part. Um, yep, six-part miniseries. Um, so Snyder's clearly going to get this part of the story out of the way um, before we finally see that. Um, I've heard some rumors it could fall in summer, so it'd be part of their summer type event type thing. So that kind of makes a little sense given six issues starting now um, on a story that's probably going to be related. But yeah, I feel like too. this is I feel like one of the only negatives to this issue and it's not a negative negative, but uh, it's a slight complaint is that you got to know a lot of Snyder's writing for this story to make sense. Um, because references in this book predate rebirth and, and that's, there's a that's lot, really important. there's a lot, 
there's there are readers here now that literally have only been around since rebirth or half of rebirth i meant rebirth was a long, you know in comics timeline is a long time ago and the whole thing with the waterways and the joker knowing how to get into the bat cave through underground water tunnels that was a long time ago that was like issue 39 of new 52 no, and that's the thing that's a little interesting with dark knight's metal um and kind of rebirth in general is yes in theory it's a real easy point to jump on but in terms of fully understanding the story that's starting to evolve um there's lots of callbacks to information that definitely happened mid new 52 even early in new 52 um so it's kind of it's it's interesting um as a super comic book nerd i enjoy all those callbacks but also as a retailer or trying to convince someone no you should really enjoy this because of how deep it is you're you're putting a burden onto some folks for a lot of back reading and catch up to do which some people are more than happy to do it and are super excited that that means there's other stuff they can go pick up and read um because i mean new 52 batman wasn't bad at all oh no Um, i mean snyder's batman is actually what really got me reading comics again but i gotta say like i mean think about it take out all of your new 52 knowledge just like set that aside for a second it would not make any sense to a new comic book reader how Joker would just pop up in the waterways of the back. <laughs> right. Cave. It's like, wait, how does he know that? And it's like, it, it's a thing he knows. Trust us. And I mean, and that's the thing. Like, that was a thing that was only introduced in like the last few issues of that one run. So, I mean, you got to be real specific. And, you know, I thought that was one of the things is like, so not only do you need to know Rebirth, you need to know Metal, you need to know New 52. And you you got to have a solid knowledge of all of this stuff um, to really grasp this book, and that's great. But that's also, uh, but yeah. So let's let's are we hitting the big twist at the end? Yeah, what let's, are we let's do it. The point to getting into the details and giving the comic book listenership what they want from us is the we're we're going to talk spoilers when spoilers come up. So if you haven't read stuff and you hear us chatting, it's probably a good idea to hit the pause. Or if you want to hear the stuff and take that in with your read, then that's awesome too. Um, but yeah, we want to get into the details and talk about the cool stuff. So we can continue the share in the conversation after the podcast. So let's do it. Hit it. So one of the big things is uh, out of the uh, Batman who laughs short storyline that we have so far is that Joker has a toxin in his body that whenever his heart stops, that toxin spreads to whoever is nearest to him, turning that person into the Joker, presumably making it that if Batman ever kills the Joker, he becomes the Joker. Um, so after this thing of uh, Batman is literally inviting the Joker into the Batcave because he thinks that he has to work together with the Batman who laughs, or he has to work together with the Joker to stop Batman who laughs. Um, because him, and, as you know, I really did enjoy the conversation with Batman and Gordon about how dangerous this Batman. Um, I really felt like in, in a pro wrestling, let's let's go there okay, for a second. The whole thing of like where you hype up how bad your opponent is just to get you excited about it. Like uh, I always reference, this is a deep wrestling thing. It's about as deep as I go Um, where Mick Foley attributes the return of cactus Jack only working because triple H hyped it up so big when he did. Um, It's that thing. I really feel like a lot of this issue is hyping up for us, how big and bad the Batman who laughs is. Um, especially that conversation with Batman and Gordon. Yeah. Um, I think it's also just that part of that reality of it's the Batman who laughs is literally the knowledge that Batman has. So the super smart techie dude that's buried inside Bruce Wayne, coupled with the sociopath that is the Joker. So it's literally, you know, usually these two forces are bouncing off from each other. They're diametrically opposed. But in the Batman who laughs, they're one in the same. So, yeah, get hype. Get hype. And um, so I mean, the Batman literally welcomes Joker into the Batcave and, you know, with the anticipation that the only way for them to stop the Batman who laughs is for them to work together. And Joker's response is not to do that, but instead that he's going to shoot himself so that Batman becomes the Batman who laughs. And like, where do you go with that? Right. Like- so so for those of you that are keeping track, this is book one of six. Um. <laughs> 
a lookalike Joker just got blasted by some Merc crazy version of Bruce Wayne um, as the Batman that's just to the nines and just mutilated Arkham Asylum staff to get to that point. No, everybody knows the Batman who laughs is pretty much involved at this point. Gordon and Bruce have a slight chat about how freaking crazy that dude is. And to beat him, Bruce is like, all right, we're going to call up my good buddy Joker. We're going to have a parlay and it's going to go good. And Joker's like, nah, and blasts himself. And we see Bruce hit the ground and start absorbing this toxin, which we seem to have a really bad idea of where that goes. So what? <laughs> and this isn't Elseworlds. This is we're, we're talking that somewhere in the really screwed up timeline of things. This is happening. <laughs> and which isn't oh. I would I would personally expect and I will be a little disappointed to if by now knowing what happened with Dark Knight Metal that Bruce doesn't already have some kind of right. And that's the that's the beauty and awesomeness of Batman is every time Joker's like, ha new toxin. He's like, ha ha. I know you, you crazy fool. Here's my anti become you repellent next to the shark repellent that that's exactly how this is going to go. But. I, yeah, I think so. But that we also just killed the Joker. Well, let's, let's not glance that, over that. That's fact. fair. And that's why I'm still on the, the three Joker thing of I, I, I think that's where all this is going to tie. But if it's not, then, yeah, the, the Joker killed himself, which is not something we saw coming. I, I, I don't think anyone would say, yep, that that's how we saw the Joker beating Batman was him blasting himself. And uh-uh. I, uh, it, it's a wild story, but. Also in my head, just knowing these characters, if it is a three Joker thing, I fully expect as this thing works out that, you know, Joker version of Batman literally creating a Batman who laughs to fight the Batman who laughs that when Bruce finally gets better, it's comics, he's going to get better. Um, One of the Jokers is going to be like, yeah, I knew you wouldn't do it. So I did it for you because the only way to beat me is to beat me. It just feels Joker to me. So I'm not calling it, but. I'm I'm putting a little bit of money on that one saying I think that that's where where my mind's at right now. What say you? Yeah. I <sighs> I don't know. I'm like and my my other thought is are we going to get more my other not thought per se. I want to see more of the old of the other Dark Knight Metal folks. Um I don't think we're going to get that, but I would just I really enjoyed a lot of those guys. Um but I don't know. I, I expect this to turn out to be, and here's the thing we're, we're speculating on stuff that's going to be happening like six right, months. Exactly. Um, and to be honest, I don't know the end game here. I, I'm, I don't have that kind of speculative. Normally I can see where some things are going. This is just like you threw me for so many loops in one issue, like, you know, introducing a new Batman villain, introducing uh, a dead Joker and a second Batman who laughs. Like, here's the thing. What do you do with that? What? Like, if you have two Batman who laughs, that's such a mouth. That's a lot of laughing Batmans. Um, <laughs> if you have two of those, I mean, literally, that's really just going to balance out. So you have to add another factor into them. So I, I feel like this is a uh, this is only going to escalate. I think that's my thing. That's only. I going think to escalate. it's going to escalate incredibly quickly. If I were to bet as well, the the joy of six part miniseries is it usually means things are going to get bonkers fast. When this is two, you got to really like. Snyder has not shied away from uh, having Superman, Wonder Woman, or any of the Justice League under Joker control mm. either. So, like, we, we've seen that happen um, in Snyder's run. So, personally, to me, if I was going to be in this situation with a Batman who laughs, and I were the Joker, I wouldn't have shot myself in front of Batman. I would have shot myself in front of right. Superman. That's, no, that's interesting. Scary. That's a scary concept. <laughs> Like, never mind. We'll stick with Batman. Uh, <laughs> think happy thoughts. Think happy thoughts. Think happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. I was like, the world just ended. Like, like dark sides roasting on a spit somewhere. No, it's okay. Um, yeah, that's my thought. So I, I was definitely impressed with the one issue to really stand out. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to what Snyder does with it. And to be honest, I've missed Snyder Batman yep. a little bit. Um, that's the thing. Tom King has been so good that I'm not complaining. 
but I did enjoy the nuances. That no, and about. I think that's why Dark Knight's Metal independently did so well, and why we're getting more is that the fans are looking for it, and he's getting to take a really unique spin on a character that he spent a fair amount of time fleshing out, and fleshing out a majority of the pieces and details that are now coming to be. So it's it's really we're seeing the masterclass, and we're seeing really. Um, how he wanted to play this story out. So it's super good stuff. It's a good time to be a Batman fan. It's a real good time to be um, just reading in the DC universe side of things because um, we're used to major events and everything, but I'm really happy that suddenly where new 52 outside of Batman's independent story arcs, the major events and everything, everyone's kind of like, there there's plenty of folks that didn't love the new 52, but now the new 52 serves a purpose in the middle of all this. That makes a ton of sense. So yeah, if we told you to start reading at rebirth, we really meant start reading a new 52. (laughs) Um, But yeah, go back to hush and then, right. (laughs) And then it's all good and it's really good stuff. Um, But for for Hector and I, I think we're kind of at the end of today's episode. And so, like we said, you might have noticed things are a little different. Hector and I are trying out some new things and we're on a quest to find out that perfect mix of discussion and time and how deep we get into comics. And we know you guys get to choose what you listen to. And we want to thank you for choosing to listen to us babble about comics uh, every couple weeks. And hopefully that we appreciate you. Yeah, being really. Here. For for listeners like you. Um And we just want to give you our best each and every time. So let us know what you think. Don't forget that you can join in these conversations every day by joining the Love Thy Nerd Facebook community on Facebook. You just have to search Love Thy Nerd. Um, Very simple. And there's a bunch of nerdy folks talking about all our different podcasts, just generally nerdy things, games, and all that kinds of good stuff. But you can jump in there. But you can also comment, share, like, and all that good stuff on the Love Thy Nerd podcast network shows at lovethynerd.com. That's where we hang out and pretty much just about anywhere else you can download podcasts. So tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more about. And Hector and I will do our comic book best to try to bring you a good discussion every couple weeks. But for us here, I think that's going to do it for the Pull List podcast. Episode six is now in the can. And remember, kids, read more comics. Happy Arbor Day. You've been listening to the Pull List Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Miron, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. Be sure to rate and review the show and share on all the social media.